Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's Autistic Moment is a free podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at ausm.org. Please visit todaysautisticmoment.com where you can listen to the podcast, get the transcripts, program updates, and read the guest bios. Please visit the future shows page with the guests, titles, and descriptions of all the shows coming up through the end of June. The transcripts are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. The transcript can be read and followed from the website itself, or you can click on the link provided to be taken to a written document to print or read it there. Please follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Do you want to talk with me and other listeners? Join Today's Autistic Moments community group page on Facebook. You are welcome to watch me and the panelists live on Wednesday, February 22nd at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time for Autistic Voices Roundtable Discussions, Autistic Business Owners, Professionals, and Employees. The panelists will talk about how they use the best of their autistic identity and skills to be successful. The mainstream media and the general public focuses on the deficits of having autism. The negativity around autism suggests that autistics are not capable of being successfully employed. The panelists at this roundtable discussion are autistics who are own businesses, work in professional environments, and are employed in jobs where they are thriving. The panelists will include those who are employed and are self-employed, working full-time or part-time jobs. The roundtable discussion will be live-streamed and recorded on today's Autistic Moments YouTube channel. I am publishing two different shows today. This episode is the strengths and achievements of black autistic adults. Immediately following this installment will be the episode, A Journey from Suicide to Autism Crisis Support. There are some changes in the routines for each show. All of the announcements about the podcast itself will be part of this episode. In the next, I will just announce the topic and guest. There are three sponsors for this show and three for the next show. You will hear the future show's announcement before segment four for this episode, but today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board will be on the next show. I am so excited to be presenting this show, The Strengths and Achievements of Black Autistic Adults, 
with my guest, Aluatobi Oduganwa. Aluatobi Oduganwa was born in Nigeria. They are an autistic and chronically ill mobility aid user. They began their journey as a self-advocate and now advocate for their communities for disability frameworks. With an academic and professional background in racial justice and LGBTQ rights, Alua Toby is newly involved in the disability justice movement and now works with the Autistic People of Color Fund. Their day job is an anti-bias coordinator consulting on DEI issues including ableism and disability-related topics and a publishing company. Alua Toby Oduganwa is here as today's Autistic Moment is recognizing Black History Month with a focus on Black Autistic adults. You will hear Olua Toby reiterate some of the what Precious Leslie mentioned in the previous episode. Olua Toby will add their point of view on how many Black Autistic adults are reaching out for opportunities to discover the strengths that are often downplayed by the media and accomplishing great things to benefit the movement towards racial and neurodiversity. Please stay tuned after this first commercial break to listen in on my conversation with Aluatobi Oruganwa. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on most podcast apps including Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Castro, Overcast, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podcast Chaser. If you are looking for the transcript, go to todaysautisticmoment.com. Click on the episode you want to listen to and follow the directions to find the transcript. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at micommunity.org.
Welcome back. Please join me in welcoming Oluwatobi Oduganwa. Oluwatobi Oduganwa, thank you so much for being on this episode of today's Autistic Moment. Welcome. I am so grateful that you've taken this time out to be a guest today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So as we are observing Black History Month, and um, my last episode was Black Autistic Adults Stop the Whitewashing, and that was with Precious Leslie. Um, she spoke about what's happening within the movement for neurodiversity and um, how that she sees that affecting the um, Black autistic adults. Um, and so as we begin this topic, you know what, we're talking about the strengths and achievements of autistic adults. Um, I invite you to maybe give some of your, um, your thoughts to that same question uh, about, you know, so what important information do you feel autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about with what we talk about, about Black autistic adults and what's happening within the movement for neurodiversity. And then I'd like you to, you know, talk a little bit about what you do and, and you know, what you're doing as we talk about the issue of racism and being autistic and disabled. Yeah, um, I'd like to um, address, I think, autistic people, autistic adults first, and then address sure. caregivers. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say to autistic adults, especially autistic people of color who may have like realized that they're autistic later in life. Um, this is, we, we should all know this, but I find it, I also need to tell myself this often, but like being autistic is great. Being autistic is healthy. The way we think and move and behave and process is natural. Like sometimes we need accommodations and further clarification when we're interacting in neurotypical society and with neurotypical pe people, but there's nothing inherently wrong with us. Um, I sometimes, the difficulties we face may try to confuse us, um, but this world just wasn't built for us. It's not that we are not fit to live in it. Right. Good um, point. Yeah. <laughs> but I, and I would say to caregivers that autistic adults are adults. Um, we're not children in adult bodies. Um, there's just a very dominant neurotypical mold of how an adult should act, like what we should like, how we should talk, how we should think, how we should communicate. Um, but that doesn't mean that autistic adults aren't adults. Um, I feel like the definition of what an adult, of who an adult is needs to be broadened to make space for disabled people. Um, because while we live more interdependently than our non-disabled counterparts, we're not, um, we're not lacking anything inherently. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to introduce. Um, and I agree with you. Um, there's a lot to be said for how autistic adults are often um, received. Um, yeah. So now let, let, let's talk about this matter of, you know, race, um, especially if we talk mm -hmm. about the strengths and achievements of Black autistic adults. Yeah. I would say with race, um, just, um, you know this, but like a lot of the like the DSM characterization and also like most research on autism has been like done with a focus on like white autistic boy, boys and men. 
Um, so as I kind of came into my autistic identity and I, as I've seen other people of color, other black autistics come into their identities, I've seen that like sometimes the way we present is different. Um, there are like cultural differences that vary from like community to community. Um, and that sometimes if you're not like familiar with other autistics of color, uh, you might not understand that you are autistic just because sometimes how we present um, and how we think autistic should look like is different from how um, autistic of color sometimes present. Exactly. exactly. And I would, yeah. Continue. And I would, I would say like one thing that like, I think all autistics have in common um, is the ability to mask. Uh, but when you bring in race and especially blackness into that equation, um, we also have the ability to code switch um, and masking and code switching aren't inherently positive things. Well, they do mean that like we tend to be more resilient and we, our communities, black autistics have discovered ways of interacting with both white neurotypical world um, and the white autistic world um, and also like interacting with ourselves. Um, so mm. we are more resilient um, and, but that also means it kind of takes us some time to learn to unmask and be able to um, present as naturally as possible when we're around people that we feel safe with. Yeah. Yeah, those are really great points. And um, Olua Toby, you shared with me before we began this interview that you came to the U.S. from Nigeria. Were you diagnosed before you came or? So, um, no, no, I, um, I became self-diagnosed um, when I was around 17. Um, mm -hmm. I'd spent like years before. So I, I didn't know I was autistic in Nigeria. Um, I think like a lot of um, black um, autistics yeah. and a lot of um, immigrants, like I was just kind of like always tagged as like, you know, the quirky, the odd, um, they like my family and family friends would call me like the little professor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I didn't, um, it wasn't until I became an adult and I became, um, I got more involved with like online communities and learned more about neurodiversity that I realized, oh, like all these traits that I had never put together before, like formed an identity that like was yeah. um, being autistic. Yeah. 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 What do you see as the strengths of autistic adults who are Black? I, I would say the strengths of autistics, adults who are black, um, I think there are a lot of hardships that we deal with. Um, and in the process of those hardships, we are able to find community and find ways of interacting with the world um, and understanding ourselves um, that I think just make us, that I think make us grow more than people who have those similar experiences. Um, I also think it like very much primes us to be um, actors um, for social justice um, and people who are, who understand how important community is and how important it is to like, um, to grow community and make sure that like, while we may not be, and I think that it also makes us more accepting of people who, um, dominant society, white, neurotypical, mm. et cetera, would kind of deem as outcasts. Um, and I think 
that we have a lens where we are able to be more accepting just because of how we um, have been outcasted and othered in the past. Um, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Is it fair to say that Black autistic adults have found their strengths as they've identified themselves and their um, their culture? Yes, absolutely. Um, I speaking from like a, a personal journey. Um, I a lot of things that I had classified as weakness as weaknesses um, in my past. Once I realized that those things were because I was autistic, it was I was able to view them through a more like a more neutral and then kind of positive lens um, and mm. become more able to capitalize on those um, acts. Um, so like one mm. thing I have noticed in my community of predominantly black autistics, but autist autistics of color um, is that we tend to take communication more seriously. Um, like we have often been misunderstood uh, as angry or condescending or rude. And so when we speak, um, it, like, it means that like we have a lot of intentionality but, like with the words that we say. And we're also like open to understanding other people and asking for clarification uh, instead of like, you know, immediately jumping to conclusions. So I think that like, I've noticed that like our communication skills tend to be better than yeah. white um, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thank you for those those answers, and um, you know that gives us a good a good framework to begin looking at this issue, because systemic racism, as I've said in some of my introductions, is that you know the neurodiversity movement, like many others, we kind of have our own version of systemic racism in them, <laughs> uh, you know. Um, a lot, you know, I know you two are, you and I are part of the LGBT rights movements. And the thing is, there is systemic racism within that community, those communities. And so, you know, because we have a white, dom we have white dominant cultures, unfortunately, even in the quote unquote minority groups, the systemic <laughs> racism kind of bleeds into those, those, those communities. Absolutely. Stay tuned after this next commercial break, although Toby will talk about the barriers of how autistics and black people are portrayed in the media, the racism and ableism in other communities, and what the Autistic People of Color Fund does. autism community. My name is Lisa Morgan. I'm an autistic adult too, and I know firsthand what it feels like to be unintentionally harmed by well-meaning professionals when reaching out for help. My passion is to help autistic people find and use their own unique strengths to help themselves. Are you rule-based? A literal thinker? Have a focused interest? Let's figure out together how to use the strengths of autism to find solutions. I offer life coaching for autistic adults and individualized workshops 
for professionals. To find out more, go to autismcrisissupport.com. By yourself or an autistic person you know, a beautiful label pin with a logo of today's autistic moment on them. The label pin is stunning, with a dark blue background, the podcast globe, and clear lettering. It is the perfect way to start a conversation about the work today's autistic moment is doing for autistic adults. The label pin is $10.50 and includes sales tax, shipping, and handling. There are only 48 of them, and they are going fast. To buy your label pin, go to todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash label pin. Thank you for supporting today's Autistic Moment. Well, now I'd like to move into what are the barriers for autistic adults? As we talk about the issue of our strengths and achievements um, for Black autistic people, there was one matter that I mentioned in my announcements leading up to this show, and I is the fact that there is ableism and there is racism shown in the media uh, that that always tends to stigmatize autistics as inferior or or quite frankly an emotional mess and there is this horrible uh stereotype of the media that that black people are people in unfortunate situations and inferior to the rest of us I think that's one of the biggest barriers we have. What do you think? I definitely agree. Um, there is, I think, as with any like multi marginalized group, there's like a, a double othering. Um, mm. You talked about like racism, like infiltrating even like marginalized communities, like the LGBTQ community and like the um, neurodivergent community. Um, and I think as autistics of color, as Black autistics, we face that not just from like we ex- like once we realize that we're autistic we expect to find a home um in the general um, autistic community and then we realize that while yes there are people that we can connect with like there is still a level like a, a barrier um mm. something like that divides us from other people and that's our race um i i think that like the internet has been especially helpful with this um because it can feel very lonely when you feel like that like when like I have been like the when you are the only black person uh at an autistic uh support group uh you start to feel um different and you start to feel just very yeah very othered um but Mm. I think 
the the internet and social media um, have made it easier to find community and to realize, okay, my experiences of othering um, in white autistic spaces are not like, it's not just something that I'm experiencing, other people are experiencing this. And not only that, the other things that come with being a black autistic, how I interact, um, like the language I use, um, how I stim specifically, that is also something that I can see reflected in other people. Um, while they might not be in my immediate space, um, I am able to like, you know, I'm able to form this kind of connections and like uh, feel better about myself as like a full, a whole person. Right, yeah. And then of course, in both communities, there is the matter of ableism. It, it can't really yeah. be ignored. So let's talk a little bit about yeah. that too. You know, yeah, um, the ableism that does exist in the LGBTQ communities within people, within yeah. communities of color, there is the racism matter. Let's talk about that. Yeah, um, I think something that's like um, interesting that I want to bring up is just sure. the amount of autistic people who are in the LGBTQ uh, community, um, especially yes. um those of us who are trans, um, they're um, at the Autistic People of Color Fund. We did a survey kind of um, asking our community, you know, what are the things that like we need? And we also collected biographical information. And I think a good, between 30 and 47% of people who responded were trans just, and you know, it wasn't. So I, I think that like um, issues of ableism and the LGBTQ community are especially like important to talk about just because so many of us who are autistic are part of that community um but yeah. i i think that like i think that just because of how our society is set up um with hierarchies and power structures even mm. even when you go to the micro level like you're still going to expect like there's still going to be um presentations of like who is better than who in this marginalized group basically um and i think that like Autistic people, the, I think that um, autistic people like also have like definitely experienced those difficulties in um, wanting to be part of communities that we belong to, but also feeling alienated, having those spaces not be like physically accessible, having them like not be sensorily accessible. Um, this is something that like, I think a lot of LGBTQ people have like talked about, but a lot of our, the spaces that um, we've been able to curate for ourselves um, are in bars um, and in clubs. And sometimes I I'm an autistic who I, I do like loud music. I do like bright lights, um, but that is definitely not the case for a lot of autistics. So a lot of, um, so sometimes the spaces that we want to be able to be in with our communities are inherently inaccessible to us. Um, and that's like another form of alienation. Like, um, yeah, that's another form of alienation. Yeah. <clears throat> and you and I are also, um, I'll say we use mobility aids. Um, yes. I live, I live with chronic pain and I see from your bio that you also live with a chronic illness and you use mobility aids. And you know yeah. that that can those those two can present their own their own social challenges, um, especially as you as you mentioned when when um, accessibility is 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 difficult. I mean, I have been to some events that are for autistic people, and we're in a 
in a building using spaces where the um, either the automatic buttons for the restrooms don't work or you can push them push the buttons but you have to actually push them open and for some of us yeah. who may be using mobility aids those are you know particularly problematic and so i think we yeah. should talk about that how those barriers also come into it into the picture for many of us definitely so um I have chronic um, pain. I have chronic physical pain. Um, I am, yeah, I'm hypermobile. Um, and I also have chronic migraines. Um, and those, like the, the migraines especially interact with like my light and sound sensitivity. But yeah. for mobility aids, I use a cane um, and I also use an electric wheelchair. Um, hmm. And I like to tell people um, that like, I have never been angrier than when I was using a wheelchair most of the time because I, so, but um, I am not able to use my wheelchair as frequently as I would like to, and I'm definitely in more pain because of it, uh, just because of how inaccessible the city I live in is. Um, but while I was using it predominantly, um, the barriers that I ran into just, um, just like physically not being able to access certain places, um, just knowing that when they planned X event, they were not thinking of people like me, that frustration. Um, and while like the physical barriers were harmful, I think also the chronic stress, the chronic anger and frustration and sadness that I experienced um, and that I honestly continue to experience even just using a cane. Um, I think it's um, something that like, I don't know, we just, we need to talk about more. And I can't even imagine what the situation is like for people who use mobility aids in other country in other countries, because America has at least the ADA and we're still struggling over here, you know? Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I mean, when I've had to use, you know, I, I'm a part-time wheelchair user, I have chronic pain myself, and my issue yeah. is that if I'm in a space where I have to walk a longer distance, I can really start to feel some pain, so my wheelchair helps me to you know, lessen that experience. And so, you know, I mm -hmm. have gone to use, you know, the automatic buttons that will move those doors open. And I yes. mean, for me, if I, if I have to, I can turn a doorknob or I can push on through there using the chair. But if somebody doesn't yeah. have the, phys the physical ability to grab hold to a handle, you know, that's a, that's a particularly frustrating problem. And, it you definitely know, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And even as um, like you, I'm also a part-time wheelchair user um, and I am also someone who can push a door open, who can turn a knob. Um, and I have like, like got, I've damaged parts of my wheelchair doing this. I have hurt yeah. myself physically doing this. Um, and it's just a very, very frustrating, painful experience sometimes. Well, a lot yeah. of the times, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then and then you're also put sometimes you get into spaces where the spaces you're in are just not big enough for a wheelchair to get through and you <laughs> you have to find ways of saying excuse me, I need a little bit more room so I can move on through or you sit there and you just don't go through that through, through that space, you know. You have you have to make yeah. those those decisions, don't you? <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's just another like aspect of planning that we have to do that 
um, non-disabled people just simply don't have to think about. Like they can just walk into a space and know that, okay, if if they're accepting humans here, like I'll be able to access the space, but then we have to think about all these other factors. Uh, what steps do autistic adults and our supporters need to take to advocate for our needs? I would love for you to talk a bit about the Autistic People of Color Fund that you work with. Tell us about that and tell us what they do. Yes, so I am the program coordinator at the Autistic People of Color Fund. Um, we are an organization under the Autistic Women and Non-Binary Network. Um, and what we do at the APOC Fund is we give micro grants of $100 to $500 to, autistics, um, to autistic people of color. Um, so we have both a general and an emergency application that people can use um, to uh, get the funds that they need. Um, because we've realized that a lot of the, a lot of like mutual aid and a lot of resources that are sent out to autistic people um, sometimes are earmarked for resource for things that we just don't need at the moment. Um, so we find it like very helpful um, to just give direct, like just to give money directly to people so that they can decide what, what, what do I need at this moment? Like, um, and what can I, um, what, what do I need most help with at this time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and you say you give that, that, that you uh, provide that funding assistance to individuals to probably use for, um, you know, various needs that they may have. Yes. So we receive applications for people, um, we receive applications for people wanting to get assistance uh, to get art supplies, um, to buy professional wear, wear to uh, get mobility aids. We also receive applications for people uh, needing help with rent, uh, with utility bills, uh, with getting access to food. Um, and uh, our founder, Lydia X.D. Brown, um, something that like we discuss at the organization is just that we know that autistic people, especially autistic people of color, have challenges finding housing, keeping jobs, uh, getting healthcare, dental care, et cetera. Um, and so we, while we can't fix every issue that um, autistic people of color have, like we um, are here as a resource uh, to be able to provide like, you know, the help that we can give. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> one of the ways, one of the forms of advocacy can be just, um, in addition to recognizing um, Black autistic adults, that their strengths and achievements, which we're going to talk about a little bit more about the achievements of, but to actually um, see the importance of coming to their aid with the basic things they need, which includes, you know, if we're, ad if we're advocating for housing and funding and supports and that sort of thing. We need to say that these need to be available to all autistic people, including Black autistics. We, as, a, as, a as individual communities who are advocating for autistic adults, we need to be clear that it is for all autistic adults and not just the white majority. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we, so currently, um, we are one of maybe a handful of organizations um, in the US that are like completely staffed by autistic people of color and also like dedicated to um, like 
helping and assisting autistic people of color. Um, and we found that um, through like some surveys we've done and also like research that other um, organizations have done that autistic people of color are more likely um, to experience homelessness, are more likely to um, um, experience hunger, are more likely to have lower incomes uh, and be um, close to or under the poverty line. Um, and that is the that is the main reason we do what we do. Um, mm. Before I began working for the fund, I was actually a recipient um, and I was able to get the mobility aid that I needed um, because of the Office of People of Color Fund. So I really, I, I hold the organization very close to my heart. Yeah, definitely. And you, your daily job is, is about anti-bat, sorry, anti-bias coordinator consulting on DEI issues. Tell us a little bit about what you do with that. Yes, so I, I work at a publishing company um, and I am basically an assistant manager um, and I help my, my company um, is a publishing company um, and it has multiple websites and magazines. Um, so I basically work with the editorial teams um, to review and edit content for biases like ableism, racism, homophobia, uh, sexism, um, and help mm -hmm. them create content that speaks to more people um, that is inclusive um, of more experiences than the dominant privileged experiences. Yeah. 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 You know, I can't help but also think that one of the things, I, and I constantly um, mention this on my show, that the importance is, forgive me, <clears throat> to that autistic people of color who are Black and other colors and um, ethnic groups, that they tell their stories and how important it is that we all listen very closely to the stories that are told. Um, because I am a believer that the only way that we work at the issue of ableism, that we address the issue of neurodiversity, is that we listen to the experiences of different autistic individuals and we provide them a safe space to do so. And I mean, uh, part of the work of today's autistic moment and other autistic autism supports is to provide those safe spaces where we can listen to the stories and take them seriously. Yeah, I um, completely agree with that. I, I think that like also translates, um, we can kind of extrapolate to that, that we also need more research um, to uh, have more widespread uh, surveys of experiences of marginalized autistics, autistic women, autistic non-binary people, um, autistic people who are LGBT, uh, LGBT, um, you know, autistics of color. Um, I feel like a lot of the issues that we face, they're like, they're, while we don't have sufficient funding on the federal level um, for mm -hmm. all the research that needs to be done for our community, um, not nearly enough of that funding is going to um, parsing out the experiences um, of autistic people of color, autistic uh, marginalized uh, people of marginalized genders. Um, a lot of the, um, we, we do have some data, um, but a lot of the data is by piecing together um, related studies and going off of what, you know, those are telling us. Um, but the, the truth is that um, we do experience 
houselessness, we do experience uh, food insecurity, uh, we do have a lot of lack of health care, we are under and unemployed. Um, so there need to be there needs to be more focus on getting a wider range of experiences um, for autistic people and figuring out what we all need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that also includes that that black autistic people are represented as part of autistic yes. communities and not just the absolutely i use i use the words i you last episode with precious leslie i used the word um politely um <laughs> what was the word i used it was um indirectly polite <laughs> that you slip someone oh. in to be polite but it, it's yeah it's it, it's 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 kind of a you know, we'll fit you in just to be nice. Yes, it's that's it's not right, and it's not. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. I think that like that kind of surface level um, inclusion does nothing for communities of color, uh, com um, autistic communities of color. Um, I think that surface level inclusion is not going to change our situation. We need, um, I feel like um, the narratives who, that are predominant in like the autistic community are those of caregivers and parents. And I think um, recently more adult autistic narratives are getting out there. And we also need more of those narratives to include um, autistics of color, you know, and I, I think that um, that's a very big part of it. Um, it's it's hard to think about and help people that you're not even seeing. Yeah. What are some ways that we can actually improve on that? You have any ideas about how, what we can do to improve some of that? Yes. Um, so a couple of the things that um, I think three big things, well, I'll start with one housing. <laughs> um, yes. I think that a lot of the housing programs, um, that provide resources and vouchers to people with disabilities, they need to be expanded. Um, I think that yep. we, um, along with that, we need more home and community-based services. Um, we need more funds moved over to these areas. Um, and because these are, these are very, very important um, pieces of living a full and like a happy life. Um, so I think that housing is one, um, is, is one really big core area that. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Feel free to continue if you wish. Yes. Um, I think also healthcare. Um, as an autistic mm. person, I'm uh, an autistic person who um, interacts with the medical system um, more than maybe other people might just because of my other disabilities. Um, mm -hmm. The of knowledge about what an autistic adult looks like or that we even exist um, in mm. the medical sphere um, is like, it's severely lacking. Um, yeah. Doctors don't know how to interact with autistic people. They don't know about us. They don't know what our needs are. Um, mm. And that um, is a barrier in getting us the care that we need. Um, and autistic people are also more likely to have psychiatric disabilities to be, uh, to be more chronically ill. So a lot of us are existing at the intersections of multiple disabilities. Um, and when our autism, which is very much core to who we are, um, is not understood 
or even recognized by medical spaces in medical spaces, um, we're not able to get the care that we need. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree so much with that. I mean, um, when it comes to the medical communities, um, they have, um, they have a lot of catching up to do. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I has just amazed me as I've gone looking for neurologists to care for some of my needs, that um, neurologists, you know, the what the the specialists that specialize in the brain. Um, there is almost none of them who have any idea about what to do with an autistic person. And I would think that, you know, I guess, like I said, I was wishing for too much, I guess, that neurologists <laughs> would actually understand, yeah. yeah, that the brain and the body, they do work together and the autistic brain and, and the function of the body would somehow be related. But I got to tell you, finding neurologists who can put those two together and make a clear diagnosis or even begin to treat a problem. Finding that is next to impossible and it should not be, um, should you know, be. yeah, it is, it is truly amazing. And I, I just, I just, I keep being, I have to, I have to be amazed by it because otherwise it's much too depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's much too depressing. Yeah. Oh, oh, Lord, you know, um, and I, I mean, I've had my fun with, you know, um, I have some mind to motor matters by which, um, you know, I have to think about moving my body before the body actually moves, gets up and does something. And I went to one, mm -hmm. um, one, one neurologist and I explained that to him. And he simply said, well, I don't think it has anything to do with being autistic. I think it's related to depression. And I, and I kind of was like, uh, I'm like, no, 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 no. The brain, remember being autistic is how the brain speaks to the brain and the brain speaks to the body and the body yeah. communicates with the brain. And like I say, there are just neurologists who just have not gotten into understanding that and being able to to talk about the needs that autistic people have is an incredible uh <laughs> it's an incredible disappointment that medical schools are not are not educating their their neurologists about that sort of thing it is truly a a medical disaster <laughs> uh you know that sort of thing yeah go ahead i can uh i think that like also gets into um, like the medical model doesn't really recognize patients or disabled people as, as um, what is the word, experts on our own bodies. Um, mm. So that doctor sitting there, that doctor who has no idea about what being autistic is like telling you that this of course must be depression. Um, but I, I think that like anyone who um, is in who enters a medical space, who as a patient um, experiences that. But I think that even more so for autistic people, um, even when we're, we are telling our truth as adults who know yeah. our own bodies, like we are not taken seriously or believed. Exactly, exactly, yeah, I, I, I concur.
Be sure to listen to the next episode coming up right after this installment. Lisa Morgan is my guest for A Journey from Suicide to Autism Crisis Support. You will be moved by Lisa's story. Lisa is part of a family of suicide because of autistic needs that were not being met. Lisa is a great example of someone who met their tragedies and used them to found her own company to support autistics in moments of crisis. Today's Autistic Moment will recognize Women's History Month in March with two great shows. Michelle Markman will be my guest on March 5th for my strengths as an autistic woman. Michelle Markman is a neurodivergent relationship coach and a late diagnosed autistic woman. Michelle has been through spinal fractures, chronic pain, and autoimmune disease, and through it all has refused mediocrity. Michelle's greatest personal accomplishment has been climbing Kilimanjaro, the world's tallest freestanding mountain. Don't miss this show as Michelle will talk about her greatest pleasure in helping others nurture and form social relationships. On March 19th, I will be joined by Carol Jean Whittington for the episode, Our Successes as Autistic Women. Carol Jean Whittington is the director of Mind Your Autistic Brain. Her company helps with education and supports for late diagnosed autistics and other neurodivergents. Carol is recognized as one of the top 50 neurodiversity evangelists by Theo Smith and Neurodiversity World. Carol will join me to talk about the tremendous success that autistic women everywhere are achieving. Becca Lori Hector and Doug Bletcher will be my guests on Autism Acceptance Day on April 2nd. Becca and Doug will join me for a very important conversation about self-care during Autism Acceptance Month. Autism Acceptance Month is supposed to be about autistics. However, Autism Acceptance Month has become commodified for merchandise and arguments about autism. Many autistics dread the month of April because we find ourselves explaining and defending ourselves with neurotypicals who claim to be, quote, autism experts, end of quote, but do not give autistics the chance to use our voices or they ignore us completely. Becca and Doug will give some great advice for autistics to take care of themselves during what can be the worst month of the year for many. Please visit the Future Pays show on todaysautisticmoment.com for more shows coming up. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment. Well, 
Oluwatobi, I want to thank you so much for this great time we spent together. I feel like we have really um, given our audience a, a good picture of, of this issue. And, um, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for this. I know we've been in contact for a couple of months trying to get this interview arranged <laughs> and we've had our lapses in communication and I'm almost when we caught up. So I, I'm so glad that we were able to arrange this conversation and I hope it's been a good experience for you. It has, and I, I'm, I'm glad as well. I'm glad we finally were able to meet. Um, if I could add one last plug about the Please APOC do. fund. Yep. Um, so primarily um, we send out grants via checks, but we have now been able to um, send out grants through direct deposits. Um, and this is very huge. And I think it'll open um, up um, the kind of people that we are, the, the amount of people that we are able to help. So I just wanted to plug, if you're listening to this and you're an autistic person of color, um, or you know an autistic person of color, like please um, apply. Would love to give you a grant. We would love to be able to uh, give back reparations to uh, community members. Yeah. And what I will do to be sure that we assist in doing that is I will um, ask you to send me an email with that link to that website and I will make sure it gets onto my adult autism resources links page. So if there are yes. autistic people of color out there and you want to be able to find your way to this, this, important resource that you will be able to access it right from the adult autism resources links page on today's autistic moment.com. Uh, those links are there for you to use how, however you need to use them. So um, I will be including that there um, within the next week or so. So please do send that to me and I'll make sure that gets there. Um, I definitely yeah. will. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Once again, thank you for being here and, um, we will certainly be in touch and I am so happy to support your efforts in this sort of thing. Yes. Thank you uh, for hosting you're this welcome. podcast, honestly. Yeah, you're welcome. Please join me and Lisa Morgan on the next show that comes right after this one. Today's autistic community bulletin board will be at the end of a journey from suicide to autism crisis support.